Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for the weekend. If you're in the United States, you know it is Memorial Day weekend, the first weekend of summer, if you will, and it's a long weekend, a three-day weekend. We are thrilled. I am thrilled. My family is thrilled uh, to have uh, some time to play. It's interesting, though, because the moon will be in Virgo for the weekend. Um, not sure how that's going to play out, but Virgo is one of my favorite places for the moon. So I'm sure it is going to be a good one. So I'm glad that you are all here this morning. And we have uh, some things to talk about this morning. Not a, not a lot is going on. Uh, some of the things we've already talked about. Uh, but we're going to start today with looking at the moon, uh, mostly because the moon is in a very long void of course right now and sitting in Leo, right, kind of wandering around at the end of the sign and not scheduled to make a change of sign or connect with another planet even until after 8 o'clock p.m. my time tonight. So, and it's been in the void since 11.30 last night. So it is a very long void, of course, moon, which is apropos, I suppose, for a Friday here on a Memorial Day weekend, leaning into a Memorial Day weekend, where even if you're at work, it's going to be hard to concentrate on work. Hmm. Another buzzword for the upcoming week, focus, as the earth is going to be at the gate nine starting today. Uh, and the gate nine is called the gate of focus. Now the sun will be at the gate 16, which is a gate of enthusiasm and in quantum human design zest, but we'll talk more about that uh, in a bit. And that is of course activated from May 27th, but today's the 26th. So from tomorrow, did I do that wrong? Yep, tomorrow through June first. And then we have two kind of striking uh, astrological transits this weekend. Starting today, we have Venus in a sextile to Uranus. In fact, that's already happening. It's happening concurrently to the show. And then on Sunday, we have the sun in a square to Saturn. Kind of a bummer there, but if you use that energy appropriately, it is the gateway to getting a lot done. So let's say good morning first to people who are checking in with us. Good morning to Tom and Christine. Hello to you. Debbie Tibbetts-Tumio. Hello. Joan, it's great to see you. JLo, hello. Kajella and Julie, good to have you with us today as well, as well as those of you in the background who I don't see. Uh, welcome and thank you for joining us today. So for those of you who were there yesterday at the Astro Design Meetup, it was fantastic. I, at least, my experience was that it was fantastic. There were so many people. We actually stayed, I actually stayed there until, I don't know, three hours, three and a half hours, was it? Uh, doing, you know, chart readings for people. So the Astro Design Meetup is exactly for that purpose, for you to get some sort of personalized view of any of the questions that you have about any one of your charts, right? Any chart that you have. We'll be doing this again on June 16th. So mark your calendar. I am doing this differently now um, to prevent any <laughs> strange happenings. Um, we, I am asking you to register for it. And then when you register, you get the link to the show or to the uh, meetup, and then you can participate. So uh, I know some people didn't get there, uh, didn't didn't actually come in. So I will be answering some of their questions. If you're in the background listening and you didn't get a, an, a question answered, uh, I will be doing that later today, especially, especially if you wrote in with a question uh, to me. If you just gave me your information and said you're going to be there, I have no clue what you might have desired to hear. So I won't be sending you anything. Uh, but some of you did come in and. Uh, had to leave before it was your turn. So I want to make sure you get covered. All right. So today, right now, this minute, the moon is at 23 degrees of Leo. That is the last deacon or deaconate of the sign. Uh, that means that the, the Leo energy here is really very um, Aries feeling, 
right? Because the last deacon of Leo is an Aries sort of energy. So we have this little bit of a new beginning couched in with the fact that Leo is, um, the moon in Leo in particular, is asking us to follow our hearts, right? To, to do what you desire and to really live with your heart leading as opposed to the mind, which is always going to bring up all the reasons why you shouldn't, couldn't, daren't do something, right? Or have something or go somewhere, that type of thing. So leading with the heart. Now we're we're left with this Leo energy for quite the while, right? Until we get until to, uh, to tonight, later this evening, eight o'clock tonight is when the moon will shift into Virgo. So for all the day, perhaps we can contemplate all the ways in which we could follow our hearts into doing things that really make us feel good, uh, that really help support uh, sharing of our gifts and our talents and our self-expression to the world, all right? So that's until later. And then once we get into the the Virgo energy, the, the energy will shift dramatically almost because Leo is really kind of fun and play and vacation and pleasure and just having fun, right? It's the fun sign, if you will. Self-expressive, yes, but also fun-loving and generous, etc. Then once the moon begins transiting Virgo, it's time to focus on the details of our lives and then to improve the areas that in, of our lives that Virgo rules, which would be health and work and service, uh, the body, you know, our environment, that type of thing. So as the moon shifts, our feelings and emotions shift and we may feel more analytical. We may feel more able to uh, constructively criticize things in our lives or to analyze the uh, proper use of energies in our own lives. There's also a practical down-to-earth feeling here because the moon is emotional and Virgo is practical. So with it's the practical application of our emotions, the practical use of all of the energies in our lives. So we may be feeling like we need to become more efficient. I was thinking about efficiency this morning. I can't not remember now why I was thinking about efficiency. <laughs> but maybe it was just a pre-Virgo thing. Uh, but I was thinking about efficiency. And that's interesting that that word is up now. But we also may be feeling like we need to more organize our, our closets, if you will. Our clean, I need to clean out my refrigerator for God's sakes, and uh, streamline our routines and our habits and so forth. So the moon in Virgo plays to uh, some of the more mundane things, I would say, in our lives, but they're important nonetheless. Now, we can also become more perfectionistic during this time, more fastidious, more prone to being critical and discerning about ourselves and others. Of course, it's never appropriate to criticize others without their express permission to be able to do that. But we tend with the moon in Virgo to notice more of the flaws and the imperfections in ourselves and in others. Now, typically, this isn't about trying to bring someone down. It can be. But most often, this is about that ability that we have at times to see the perfection or how something can be returned to perfection. That's our wish. And, and it's not to hurt somebody or to make somebody feel like they're not good enough. It's to really perfect something. But again, going out and trying to perfect someone else is not likely going to make you friends, right? So unless somebody says to you, hey, how can I make this art piece of art better? How can I, you know, do this system better? Then it's best to keep quiet, right? Perfect yourself, right? Work on yourself. Uh, this transit can also help us refine the skills that we have uh, and the the ability to sort of, there's a purifying effect in Virgo, right? To be able to, to discern what needs to stay and what needs to go. Um, and that might mean applying that very uh, that that very discernment to our own habits and our own routines in our lives. Um, we should be very careful not to be very hard on ourselves during this time. This is not a time to pick yourself apart and uh, or others apart, right? Again, 
don't lose sight of the bigger picture as well, because Virgo's very good at the details. So we're learning to see more of the forest and the trees and the trees. That's going to come up again, right? Forest and the trees vision uh, versus just the details, which would be just the focus on the trees. So this can also, this transit can also stimulate our interest in things like health and nutrition, hygiene, purifying both our environment and our bodies. Um, we may feel more like taking care of our bodies, our minds, uh, our souls, right, um, by doing things that are healthy for the body. So eating healthy, exercising, meditating, contemplating, self-care, nurturing, that kind of thing. And remember, Jupiter now is in the gate 27 as of today. Gate 27 is about uh, accountability. So being, understanding, hmm, how can I say this? Understanding your role in teaching or helping others, but without smother mothering others. And then also applying the energy of nurturing and self-care to yourself in order to have the energy to be able to help others. So it's a hand in hand kind of thing here, the moon in Virgo also being very supportive of the Jupiter move into the gate 27. So while we are interested in more self-care, it actually requires action on our parts. Virgo is earth, earth energy. So the earth energy demands that we actually do, do something, right? We can't just think in our minds, oh yeah, it might be a good idea if I change my diet, might be a good idea if I change this habit or this routine. It's not enough just to intellectualize it, but we have to actually take that thinking and match it with an action step and then see the result, which would be new, something new in our lives, right? A new creation. Um, we also can feel more compassionate and helpful toward others. Um, you know, the energy of Virgo is about service, not sacrifice. So we're not here to sacrifice ourselves to serve others, but we are here to serve others, which I always define as sharing your gifts and your talents with others, sharing your God-given um, talent with the world, right? Whatever that may be. And this can inspire us, this transit can inspire us to do more things like that, right? Through our work, maybe, or through volunteering, or just simply being kind and supportive to those that you see in your world, right? Instead of walking by a homeless person with your nose up in the air, maybe offering them uh, some food or just a kind word even, right? So that is our moon transiting Virgo, which by the way, takes us all the way until early in the morning, 7.51 West Coast time. So more like 10.51 East Coast time on Monday, Memorial Day, if you're here in the US. And then the moon will shift into Libra. So literally Saturday, Sunday, and a, you know part of Monday is devoted to this moon in Virgo energy. All right, so questions, anybody, if you have them, go ahead and put those down in the chat. Uh, now, let's take a look at the change in the human design week. So we are now in Gemini season. So what we're talking about now are Gemini and Sagittarius energies. The sun and the earth uh, in human design, that uh, we always point out sun and earth. It's not, we do use the moon, but it's the sun and earth that primarily make up um, the, the full accounting of, of what we're here to do or what the energies are that are prevailing in our lives at the moment. So the sun, if it's in Gemini, means that the earth is in the exact opposite sign, Sagittarius. So we have a week ahead that's distinctly, several weeks actually, uh, that are distinctly Gemini, Sagittarius in nature. So the gates that we are going to talk about in human design are distinctly Gemini, Sagittarius energies, kind of different facets of the sign of Gemini and different facets of the sign of Sagittarius. So according to human design astrology, then the sun really represents our life force, very similar to astrology and our purpose. And 
part of our purpose. Our purpose is not defined by just one placement in a chart. It just isn't. Our life purpose is kind of multifaceted and it has all of these different connections to it. Now, the earth then represents the grounding, the foundation of what we have to have taken care of in order to rise to the highest expression of the sun. Right, so the earth really represents the challenge that we have to evolve to the highest expression of the week's energies. And of course, this changes in some way your own human design. Um, I'm going to show you, for example, let's go to, uh, what is that called? Bodygraphchart.com. So just one minute, because I want to show you this in real time. Let's see, can I share my screen now? Present, share. Okay, here we go. So what you all are seeing now is an open, completely open human design chart. There's nothing here yet. I just want to be able to show you where these gates are. So remember, Gemini is a sign of communication. It's a sign of the mind and the intellect. It's a sign of how it is that we share information through teaching or learning or writing or communicating, broadcasting, those types of things. And so almost all of the Gemini gates uh, sit here on the throat center. Well, the sun is now moving into the gate 16. So that's where the sun would be. And then the earth is now sitting on the sacral center at the gate nine. So the Sagittarius energy, not all of Sagittarius energy sits on the sacral, but this particular part or aspect of Sagittarius energy does sit on the sacral. So that makes it a sort of foundational energy that we need in order to move or do or be who we want to be out in the world. So I hope that makes sense. When you, when you have a sacral gate that's being defined, it's really wrapped up in the doing and the being. Right. Not just doing, but also the being. So who do we be? Right. Or what do we do in order to be the truth of who we are? So let's deal first with what the sun is at the gate 16. If you have the sun at gate 16 yourself, then this is just adding a little bit more energy to it. Kind of the sun putting the light here. Now, if your birthday is right around this time of the year, this within this week, May 26th until June 1st, you have your natal sun at the gate 16. So this is emphasizing um, that the energies of the lessons you're learning around your purpose of, in this case, being uh, having a natural talent for expressing yourself, right? For really uh, creatively expressing whether that is through art or dance or drama or writing or business talent. It doesn't really matter how, but this particular gate really teaches us that our voice is linked to the enthusiasm that we have, the passion that we have for doing something. Now, if you are someone who does not have this channel or excuse me, this gate defined at all, then this is an injection of new energy for you, right? That is asking you to step up into the enthusiasm, using your natural talents to express your passion into the world. Uh, with usually enthusiasm in traditional human design, this is called the gate of enthusiasm. But it's also in quantum human design, a gate that they, that Karen Curry Parker changed to the word zest. And I like that word too. It just feels awkward to me to say it. So I don't use that word very often. Zest is what we do to lemons and limes, right? We get the zest. Um, zest for living though is I think what the, the meaning of this. And it's, it's actually in the I Ching, excuse me, that the word enthusiasm first comes up. In traditional human design, this gate was called skills. Skills, which is so boring, right? Skills meaning, though, that you each have a, a, something that you've either studied and perfected that is yours to share with the world or a natural talent or skill that can be perfected and then shared with the world. So the 16 has meaning for all of us. And if you don't have that gate defined in your chart by birth, don't panic. You, you do still have it, right? We all have it in our charts, whether it's defined or meaning it's colored in, or if it's not defined, meaning it's white, right? So don't go 
don't don't think that oh it's not defined in my chart i only have you know enthusiasm during this one week of the year because that is not true right it's simply not true you always have it it's just inconsistent it's not always poised and pointed at one particular thing right it could be many different things um, it can be something different uh every other day or so right it doesn't have to be that you are missing something but if you do not have it defined now you do right or you will at least from the 26th through uh the through june 1st so as we look at the 16 then we're also looking at being prepared to share what we love right what the message is that we want to have uh, or what we want to share with people our gifts and our talents and this is actually contagious enthusiasm so when you are enthusiastically engaged with something it becomes contagious and other people pick that excitement up and it spreads right that's the purpose in this gate to spread enthusiasm but contagious enthusiasm goes nowhere if you're really not prepared it's real easy to get people worked up and excited but then if you fall short of delivering the message then it can be uh, a bummer right and it can be that the energy doesn't get expressed and now the shadow can come in and hold sway and the shadow here is about leaping into things without really preparing right it is almost like seeing the big picture oh yeah i got this idea but then i come in and i don't have the details so you know that's why i spend a lot of time <laughs> writing and getting ready for each of the broadcasts that i do because if i didn't i would be sitting here just kind of wandering around right i'm still feeling a little wandery today but i think that's the moon in the void so we have to uh we have to be ready or prepared if we're going to share of our gifts and our talents. That might mean that you need some training. It might mean that you need to do some study or contemplation, or it might mean that you actually have to go out and demonstrate to the world your love of what you do or your skills or your talents and kind of risk the idea that you won't be accepted, right? The throat center can be very sensitive to being heard, seen, valued, and recognized in the 16 very much sits on the throat center here. So if you want to be seen, heard, valued, and recognized, a part of that preparation is in knowing what it is that you want to share, preparing. Because if you leap out into the unknown without that sufficient preparation, then people will lose that enthusiasm. Now, on the other side of the coin, this can also be working out in the shadow where you hold yourself back from feeling not ready that it's just a feeling that i'm not ready right because remember the opposite gate here is on the spleen center so if we look here at the 48 on the spleen there's a fear here and the fear even if it's not defined exactly it still pulls up that energy and that energy here is about feeling inadequate so i may linger over long in the study of something rather than launching it out in the world and daring to uh, share it with other people right to demonstrate what i've learned so we have to watch out for that during this time so if you're ready if you've done the work it's time to bring it out so don't hold yourself back right let it fly now the earth the earth is down here at the nine and the gate nine is one of the gates that if we're looking at someone's chart and they're telling me they have ADHD or ADD or that they've been diagnosed with that now again I am not a medical doctor I am not a diagnostician but when I look at their human design and I see the gate nine or the gate 52 defined I now know that this is likely not probably clinical but likely energetic, right? About their lives, about how they live. And that's because the gate nine, when it's defined, is called the gate of focus. And its energy is really about focus or not focus, right? Unfocused versus focus. Uh, and it has a, a sort of sense of obsession about it. It can become an, a place where OCD lives. So we have OCD living here. We have the potential for ADD and ADHD to live here. Uh, in this part of the chart. So 
what we also discover with the gate nine here is that it's a choice to focus your energy. But the question becomes, where do I focus my energy? Now, I don't carry the gate nine, but I carry the 52, the opposite end. And I can tell you from my own experience in the world that I often get very confused when I have something big that I'm going to do. And I almost start losing, like I, I can't quite get what the proper focused energy should be on to get it up and rolling. So then it can create a, a sense of procrastination or I dabble in all the things and then backwards and then forwards. So we may be feeling a little bit like this for the next week where we maybe have big things we want to do or you know something that's important to us but we can't quite get the focus that we need in order to do it so we really have to first where do i want to focus my energy where do i place it and this does kind of have a virgo feel to it where the potential here is to outline it in steps right to place it in a, a goal sort of fashion but we also don't want to get stuck in the rabbit hole right there's many a rabbit holes out there for us to get stuck into i've done it myself right i have done it a hundred times i keep doing it i get interested in something and i dive into that rabbit hole only to find out it's really not something that i was really going to share with others. Right? So we have to watch where we are placing our focus. We have to learn to prioritize our focus energy. Now, there's a strong drive to focus on the details, right? But if we get lost in the details, then we miss the big picture. So we have to have the big picture and we have to have the trees, right? Forest and the trees. We already said this earlier with the moon in Virgo this weekend. Now, there's this uh, the ability to analyze and to be meticulous and efficient. That's very much there as well. We can solve problems, maybe things that we've been working on for a long time that have tasked us, that have, you know, eluded us. The, the solutions can be suddenly there for us. Um, we can solve those problems and organize ourselves uh, in better if we are choosing to focus on both the big and the small, right? Taking on both. Um, this is also a gate that has a gift for communication in some ways. Even though it's not on the throat center, part of the doing here is the gift of being able to communicate through writing or through teaching or through, um, you know, any of the communication sources. So that could be broadcasting, that could be writing, it could be speaking, it could be acting, it could be dancing, it could be art, all those ways in which we express ourselves. Um, but this energy can also get restless uh, because of the the quality of losing focus. It can be us, you know, taking our focus and moving it from place to place. <sighs> so we have to remain focused on our purpose. What is the purpose of what it is that you are doing? What was the purpose in what it is that you were sharing, right? Always remembering there's got to be have the focus first. I think this is part because I have this gate uh, 52. I think part of the reason um, I like to do uh, like Venn diagrams, you know, where there's the bubble, the thing in the middle that keeps your focus. Right. And then all the little spokes that come off of it, that could be the ideas and the possibilities of the things that you're going to write about or the things you're going to do or the things you're going to teach. So maybe, you know, if you are working on a project, that kind of a diagram would be good for you because it right in the center is the main theme or main idea or the main focus. So, all right. Uh, does anybody have questions about that? Let's take a look. JLo, thank you for the remember or the reminder uh, to please hit the thumbs up button if you are liking the video, especially if you are on YouTube. If you are on Facebook watching this morning, please hit the like, right? And then also share the video with your friends and your family or your networks uh, and let people know what kind of work we're doing here. Uh, thank you for that reminder, JLo. Kajella says, ah, the hop into many rabbit holes. That's me. Mm -hmm. Me too. And I, I'm going to share a rabbit hole I jumped into uh, here in just a minute. <laughs> and we'll see where it goes. But to me, it was really fascinating. Uh, let's see. Corey says, good morning. Hello to you, Corey. And JLo has the IQ 
at 16.6. So the role model energy of enthusiasm. And you are, I, I can see that, right? Um, the IQ in, in the Gene Keys, the IQ is a, is a saying, that, a, a phrase that comes from the Gene Keys. And the IQ is about our um, intellectual development, right? It, take, it spans the period of time from about age 14 to 21. So the gate of IQ then can often tell us about the lessons that we need to learn that come from the experiences of that age time in our life. So, you know, for you maybe taking a look, JLo, at, at from age 14 to 21, what was going on in your life? So I can envision someone with this as their IQ having a lot of things that they want to share with people but people not really slowing down enough to really listen to you or being enthusiastic about so many things. What is it that I need to focus on? What is it that I really need to do or want to do? It's like, um, I wonder if you have the gate 35 too in your somewhere in your uh, human design, because that is a gate that's really about kind of being the Jack or Jill of all trades, having many experiences that you could draw on to share with people. But then the quandary becomes which one, right? And because the 16 also needs to sort of have a focus because its partner is the nine, um, what do I focus my energy on? So from 14 to 21, somewhere that could have been a um, quandary that you were living with. Uh, so then J-Lo says me too, Kajella. So we all are rabbit holers. Uh, Kajella says gate 52 is my UC son, unconscious son. So know that gate well. You know, it's so irritating in my chart. And I'm sure you feel it too, Kajella. I can't remember what type you are, but if you're generator, manifesting generator, to have all of this energy, right? To have sustainable life force energy. And then to have a gate 52 prominent in your chart. It's prominent in mine as well. Then to have the gate 40, the gate of restoration, restoring oneself, withdrawing, having the sun at a gate that also withdraws. So having to spend this quiet solitude withdrawing with all of this other very powerful, sustainable energy, it drives me crazy. It is a conundrum, right, in my chart. And I'm guessing that it's also a conundrum for you, a 1-3 projector with defined root. So what you're saying as a projector is that, again, you're feeling this call to be in many places and do many things. If you also have the gate 11, does that mean that you end up in study as a seeker quite frequently as opposed to actually being a doer? So that can be interesting. Uh, and gate 40, gate 40, needing to take that time to rest, to restore, to revitalize yourself, right? As a as a generator, it's it's not as critical for me as it might be for you right? Because your energy is, is more, um, you're needing more of that rest and restoration in order to get to where you need to be without burning out. No gate 11, but I'm a seeker. I'm sure there's other gates in your chart that we could look at that, that speak to that. Terry Strauss, good morning to you. She said, so reflectors already are wide open. Yes, indeed, you're wide open. But for example, Terry, in your chart, uh, because today this or tomorrow it's tomorrow actually the sun will be moving to the gate 16. so if you have the gate 48 hanging which means it's only going halfway up now suddenly you're going to have a defined throat and a defined spleen so let, let me show how this might work so that you can actually visualize this so i'm going to share my screen again so uh do I, yeah, let's take the 16 out. Well, no, let's leave the 16 there. So let's say, Terry, you have various gates and so forth that are defined on your human design. Let's leave the gate nine in there too. And let's say by birth, you have the 48 and it's hanging. I'm gonna make it pink. So if we take this gate out, what you would have in your own chart is something that looks like this, a white center here, and this would also be white as a reflector. And now 
that the sun is sitting at the 16, it suddenly connects that up. And now you have a defined throat and a defined spleen. And that in your case would define the entire uh, channel of, of the well, we call it, being someone that can go deep into themselves to bring back knowledge and share it with the enthusiastic voice of the Gemini sun at gate 16. Now, I don't know that is the case in your chart, but this is how it works in your life, Terry, that at times these planets are completing channels for you and then suddenly it becomes defined and now you have access to energy that you didn't have the day before or maybe the week before if it's an outer planet or the month before if it was an outer planet. I hope that makes sense. So for you, it's always knowing if you're feeling something connecting in you that hasn't connected before it's likely because the moon or it's likely because a planet has joined in or somebody else's energy that you are connecting with is filling that in for you all right i hope that makes sense i'm going to go back and see uh any other questions about that one and jlo says i don't have gate 35 only gate nine as i wrote above right gate nine 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 you have it two times uh, I got to look back where it was. So you have the gate on your divine, your design south node and design Neptune. Hmm. Hmm. South node. So something from the past, hmm. something from the past, something left out of a previous lifetime, something not finished, completed in another lifetime, some, uh, an, the energy of focus, perhaps um, not utilized appropriately in another lifetime or over focused. There's always hyper focus, right? We have both ends, right? We can have lack of focus or we can have hyper focus. So which then is the obsessive compulsion part of things um, and the lack of focus, more the ADHD, ADD side of things. So working that out in this lifetime or so it would seem uh, for you now my rabbit hole that I've dove into headfirst uh, is something called draconic astrology, or I'm just going to call it Draco astrology um, because Draco is easier to say. Draconic just meaning of Draco. And of course, the name as well implies ast astrologically that it might have something to do with the north node and the south node, the dragon's head and the dragon's tail. Uh, Draco is as a word meaning dragon, right? Dragon, Draco, interchangeable. So in draconic astrology, we're looking at, okay, so in tropical astrology, let's start there. The sun is the main focus, right? The other planets are also important, but it's more about where's the sun, right? The sun is in Gemini, the sun is in Taurus or whatever the sun is. In draconic astrology, we're more interested in the moon through the nodes, the north node and the south node. And in fact, what draconic astrology can really do is tease out more about your life purpose as shown through the axis of the north and the south node. So back, oh, second week in April, I think it was, I sent away for my own draconic report because it's no use for me to really share it with you if I haven't already looked at it myself in my own chart and then compared it to maybe what someone else would say about it. Because I want to know that I'm on the right track, right? And this morning, I got my draconic report finally, and it blew me away. It blew me away because when we think of the sun, the sun is really visible, right? We see the sun and other people see the sun in us, right? I doubt seriously that any one of you couldn't tell that I'm a communicator, right? That That's my life's purpose really is communication. So our sun is really the outer world, the outer expression of who we are. The moon, on the other hand, is more of the inner person that we are, our inner drives and motivations, our needs, um, our desires that, you know, maybe aren't as visible. In fact, most of the times they are not as visible to others. So draconic astrology is really more looking at the inner you as it relates to your purpose, your life purpose, where the astrology that we typically do, the outer world astrology is uh, more of the what am I here to do? So 
what am I here to do? But then who am I becoming in the process of my doing would be more of the draconic astrology. Now, draconic cannot stand on its own, right? It's not a system that you use to uh, circumvent the regular tropical astrology. They have to work in tandem, right? Because the first step is to look at the natal chart and get a read on what some of the things are, like the, the elements and the, the, the modes of operating, and are they in balance? Are they not in balance? The shape of your chart, right? The shape meaning, like, what are the major configurations that jump out at you? Um, and then the next step is to look at the draconic chart itself, right? What does it look like as a standalone? And then in the third step, we take them and we bring them together in a bi-wheel, meaning on the inner wheel of the chart, there is your natal birth chart. And on the outer wheel of the chart is the draconic chart. Now, the draconic chart works by moving the north node, no matter where it is in your chart, by birth, we move it to the zero degrees of Aries. So we, you know, when we think of zero Aries, it's a gateway, right? It's a portal. It's the beginning of the astrological new year. It's the first sign in the zodiac. And in fact, zero Aries is the first degree of the whole blooming system. So what we have is uh, embodied or encoded at zero Aries with the north node there would be, how are you here to express your natal north node and south node energies. So they work in tandem, right? So here we're, we're, we're comparing them. And all the planets of the birth chart are also moved in the draconic astrology. They stay in the same sign. No, they stay in the same houses, but we change the signs change, right? The signs and the degrees change. And, oh, it was so, it was like this person and in through this report was reading my innermost self. And it blew me away. It's still blowing me away. I'm going to have to reread it a hundred times, I'm sure, before I really can get to the depth of what this has as a meaning for me. And of course, then I want to bring that out to you all, right? I'm gonna, I want to be able to help you see that you have this outer purpose and design, but also this inner one that is sometimes, as it is in mine, creating a challenge, right? The challenge to express the truth of who I am or to bring out to the world um, the innermost me, the innermost um, expression of what I'm here to do or who I am here to be. I hope this is making sense. I'm trying to be very uh, exacting in how I'm bringing this out because it is, it, it's worthwhile. It is worthy of careful consideration in people's charts. Now, I can understand why it took him weeks to get this to me because it was, it's deep. And if he's got, you know, many clients, which I'm guessing he does, uh, then it is something that he's taking great care to put together for each person. So uh, to get, a, th yes, I can, Kajella. The guy's name is Victor Oliver. And I want to say it's uh, V-I-C-T-O-R-O-L-L-I-V-E-R. I cannot remember the name of his website at the moment, but um, he can either do a reading in person or, you know, via Zoom or the report. Uh, and the report is kind of pricey. It was $100 in um, British pounds or whatever the British money is, which made it about $138, I think, for uh, here in the U.S., with tax and, you know, whatever the things are that they add on. But let me tell you, it was probably the best $130 I've spent in a long time to get that report. But again, he's also doing this by hand. This is not him just, you know, like me pushing buttons to get you your natal report. No, this is, he's, you know, looking at these, doing the comparisons and what have you. So anyway, I just wanted to share that because it is very clear that I go down rabbit holes through my <laughs> through my draconic report. And all the time I've been sort of beating myself up over it uh, and thinking that it is, you know, a fault that I have that I do this. And it's literally in my life purpose to do this, but then to bring it to people. So the very thing I've just done 
is having gone down the rabbit hole, experienced it myself, and then brought it back to you. That in a, in a nutshell is my life purpose. It was, and no one looking at me in the outer world might, maybe you guys do see that more than I see that, but I did not see that. I felt it. And this report helped me to confirm that that's what it is. So Chasing the Dragons, that's the book. Yes. And that's what started this whole process was that somehow that book came up. I was probably researching something about dragons. I don't know. And this book came up. And so I read that book and played with my own chart and then thought, you know, if I want to do this or use this, I, I really need to have experienced it myself in order to see, is it worthwhile, right? Is it worthwhile to be taking my time to study it deeper and then to bring it out to people? And right now, the answer to that question is yes, 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 and yes. So I want to be able to do that. But if you want to go straight to the source while I'm still getting ready for that, he's the one. He's the only one that I really know of that's out there. There is another book that was written about this earlier. So it, and this is written by a woman whose name right now I, I can't recall, but um, you might just search Draconic Astrology, D-R-A-C-O-N-I-C Astrology and check it out. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Oh, thanks, Kajella. She says, yes, I see that in you. It's definitely in there. And something, uh, something else he said too, what was it about periodic traumas that I go through that then create a path of deeper experiential energy that I bring to share with others. And I can see that across my whole life too, right? And it's not that other people don't have traumas or dramas, but it seems that these are catalysts for some deeper movement within me uh, to to maybe have more compassion for others while I'm working with others to help others moving through similar situations. Um, he also picked out that I was an astrologer and I was very careful about not putting down or, you know, um, when I send out letters or something to people via email, it has my signature line and I, I, I stripped that out. So it wasn't there. So I didn't want him to know that I was an astrologer, uh, but he picked that out in my, draconic astrology, which I thought was so interesting. Tom, does it have anything to do with dragon ladies? <laughs> the dragon head and in the in the guise of the north node and the dragon's tail through the south node? Yes, indeed. So the dragon, if you want to be dragon ladies, yes, the dragon ladies. Uh, so anyway, awesome. And I, I would recommend that. Do you read the book, if nothing else? Um, the book I got on Kindle. So I mean, buy the book if you want the book, but you can also get it in Kindle where you have it much quicker. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I'm a Kindler. All right. Now let's look at a couple of the transits of planets that we have going on for the weekend. Today, I always count Friday as the weekend. So when I say weekend, I'm already thinking Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So literally, to me, this is a four-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, but today, we're looking at a Venus sextile to Uranus. Now, remember that the words between the planets, so if I'm saying Venus sextile Uranus, that sextile is a descriptor of the relationship the two planets are engaging in at the moment. So with Venus, we have everything to do with love and relationships and finances and self-worth. And, and then with Uranus, we have surprises, upsets, excitement, electricity. So a sextile then, the joining word is a, is a, a commonality, right? These two see each other's point of view. They work well together. The energies of those two planets work well together. Now, when these two come together, though, there can be a sort of... Um, uh, electricity, let's call it, that goes between us and others in our relationships. Now, sometimes it can be electric good, like positive, and I'm drawn to you. And other times, what? electric Electricity can burn. And there is always that possibility that something strikes us within the relationships that we have, where we realize we're in the wrong relationship or that there's something that's drawing us together in a more profound way. Um, but 
this is a sensation oriented transit. We're feeling these things within us, right? These are um, vibrations that are going through our body that sizzle as we come into contact with people. And the sizzle can be, again, repelling, or it can be something that pulls us together. And there can be uh, a deeper um, recognition, perhaps, of the rightness or the not rightness of yourself within a relationship. And then that gives us, of course, the opportunity to accentuate the positive and to relinquish you know, any of the negatives or to see the negatives in a new light. So that's happening today. And of course, these things are uh, activated um, before. So started probably yesterday, active today, and then likely through the weekend as it starts to wane in its impact. So that Venus uh, in a sextile to Uranus does not feel like it's a, a thing that we need to worry about or be concerned about. Um, it could be a really good time, by the way, to expose yourself to other people, like to people that are not the usual ones that that you would hang out with. So different cultures or different groups to sort of, you know, get a, a bigger feel of of what is out there in terms of the potential for relationships and not just personal relationships like your significant others, but certainly other relationships as well. Um, now, the Sunday's transit of Saturn and the Sun, Sun squaring Saturn, is a little bit more bothersome, troublesome. But there's sort of the high side of that that is happening because the Sun is also in the gate 16 and the Earth at the gate 9 at that on that day. Um, and again, this is already impacting us. It's building and then Sunday we are in it, and then for the day or two afterwards, it's waning. So pretty much for the entire week, we have uh, that we have the gate of focus with the earth and the gate of enthusiasm with the sun, we have the sun in the square to Saturn. Now, in, in that particular instance, this, let's, look at the, let's look at the negative first, so we can get that out, of, and then we can end on the high note with it. Um, in the negative side of this, this can be where we're feeling that nagging sort of criticism. Remember, Moon will also be in Virgo. So we may be looking at things in a very critical way, in a more negative way, um, in a way that slows down the actions that we want to take. Um, there could be a lot of little negative things that are coming up that then we take in and we start applying and analyzing ourselves to death about whether, um, you know, we need to make changes or not. And then insecurity and self-doubt can come up to the surface, right? Sun squaring Saturn. There's always going to, the sun is the bright light. Saturn is the taskmaster. The question might be, am I using my light appropriately? Am I dimming myself? Am I dimming my light and compromising would be another word that we could use. And if so, that then can make us start to feel more doubtful of ourselves or feel like, oh, you know, we're criticizing ourselves now. We've done things wrong and, and we don't know how to fix it. And, you know, karma feels like it's just around the corner and all, all of those kinds of negative things. And then because of the nature of the gate nine, where the earth will be, there can that can lead us into obsessing over these critical things, these criticizing things, these overanalyzing of ourselves um, or the mistakes that we feel we've made, <laughs> the missteps or the things we didn't do. So that's kind of the negative aspect over here, right? Now in the positive side, the Sun and Saturn coming together, especially in a square, can really provide the tension that we need in order to get focused, right? Remember 16 and 9, we're focusing our enthusiasm. In order to do that, we have to be prepared. We have to have, you know, everything built so that we can do that. And Sun-Saturn square gives us that, right? The Sun shining a very bright light, Saturn saying, okay, these are the pieces on the chessboard that have to come together first, right? The foundation that needs to be laid first. And then you can go out and share your message or share your talent or share your gift, which is why you're here um, with the world. 
So I, I find it to be a most interesting energy, even if there is some negativity that can come along with it. Um, it's kind of, I think, an easy turnaround to say, okay, well, let me focus on the positive rather than focusing on the negative. Let me focus on what things can we do next? How can I, how can I make this better? right? How can I see the bigger picture, but also be engaged at the level of the small things, the details? So uh, good, bad, right, on Saturday or Sunday, depending on how you are going to look at it and use it in your own life. The sun is in Gemini, so it might be around the message that we're carrying. And Saturn is in Pisces, a very spiritual place, right? Spirit, how do I, how do I communicate spirituality? Moon's going to be in Virgo, so in a practical way. That's just one meaning that we can make, right? If we just play with the words. So it to me, it looks like that would be very much slanted to the negative if you're someone who sees things through the glass half empty. But if you're someone who sees things with more optimism and more of the glass half full, then it can be a very positive step for you to make corrections, to make sure that you are ready to and prepared to share your gifts and talents with the world. So cool. Uh, yes, Kajella, that's right. I actually got, um, let's see, I've had my draconic chart sitting here for some time. Oh, I used my own WinStar program to do that, but I thought I went to AstroSeek as well and i just didn't print that one off because i'd already had it you can also get it on astro.com but what i don't like about astro is that they don't do it in a by wheel um, it makes it harder to note the houses and 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 all of that but astro seek yes does it really good and my winstar program ended up i figured out how to do that in a way that made sense to me Okay, that is it in a nutshell. Uh, Tom at Living Astrology, your subscribers are at 1.11 triple ones. I did see that this morning, Tom. Uh, so yay, I love triple ones. And I have to say that for the last several weeks, literally weeks, triple numbers have been running for me. Like it's almost like this invisible tug will pull my face to my watch or to my clock to see 111 or 1111. And the other thing that's always funny, and this happens literally almost every morning, is that, you know, my my Brian died on 711. And I will hear my phone ding. And that's usually a clue that I've gotten an email. I look over, it's 711. Ugh, almost every day. And I it's both times, 711 AM, 711 PM. It's weird. But Triple numbers have been running. The five five fives, the the two two twos are the other ones that are running. So triple digits, they call your attention. They're signs, um, and all the triple digits. Maybe one day we'll talk about triple digits. We'll go into numerology and kind of look at what the triple digit numbers, the the fourple digits. Sometimes I see four, right? The eleven eleven one 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 one. Um, but I've even seen at, at times nine 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 nine. That that blows me away because that's not something you would see commonly on a um, clock. You wouldn't see 9999 on a clock. So when you see that one, you'd be like, oh, I got to pay attention. Well, at least on two occasions over the last couple of weeks, I've been behind a truck with the cargo thing saying 9999 or uh, seeing somebody's license plate with that number on it. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's just kind of crazy. So I pay attention when those things show up. Uh, okay, card, please. Indeed, Tom, I had I I, I anticipated this. I'm so psychic, you see. <laughs> so <laughs> I brought my cards close by so we can do that. Today, I want to do a Dreamweavers card, right? I love that deck. And I'm thinking I might pull a dragon since we've been talking about dragons. So or the draconic um astrology i just need to find my dragons i upended my entire box of cards the other day and so when i put them back they didn't get back in an order that i usually have them in uh, okay so this one will be the dreamweavers card for us for the weekend remember the dreamweavers card is by colette baron reed and it's her most recent deck and it's an oracle deck 
and I pulled, oh, I pulled the, the card of the uh, cover. And it is card 36, if a cat curls around the moon. So that's the card that's on the cover. If a cat curls around the moon or round the moon. So let's see what that means. Card 36, that is a nine. So that might imply some psychicness, awareness, higher order thinking, higher connection to our higher selves or connection to our higher selves. Uh, the essential meaning of this card is letting go of codependent relationships, the value of interdependence. That could be a very Venus sextile Uranus thing. If a cat curls round the moon, it's a sign to release yourself from your enmeshments and claim the freedom and independence to be your own person with healthy boundaries. If you've gone along just to get along or engaged in people pleasing, you might be concerned about the consequences of saying no. What would happen if you set a boundary and chose what you really wanted? Don't give your power away to someone else's reactions. It's more important to choose what feels right and true for you. Celebrate your uniqueness too. Choosing to do things your way doesn't mean you're doing anything to promote endings or drama. It's a healthy separation to have your own views, your own perspectives, and still be engaged. Codependent relationships are always unhealthy and unsupportive in the long run. Speak up, share your mind, and be okay with learning from others who have different ideas. You don't have to agree with them if it's not right for you. As people, we need each other. We aren't built to live on our own, or we weren't built to live on our own. And now you are being wholly supported as a unique being, able to love and be loved and be yourself, allowing healthy interdependence to replace the sticky quality of draining relationships. No matter what your inquiry, when a cat curls round the moon, it's a sign to step back and assess what you really want, how you really feel, and how you want to feel. Hmm. Only then can you step forward. You can't go wrong. There we go. If a cat curls round the moon. All right, so that's that one. Let's get the dragons out. Oh, don't fall. So the dragons uh, are an oracle card set by Diana Cooper. There's also a book called The Dragons. Um, written by her as well. I think the cards probably came after the book or maybe concurrent with the book. Not sure. Oh, I love that. We have a green dragon helps you to tune in to the secrets of nature. It says receive answers and guidance from nature aligned with your divine essence. So we have a dragon and he seems to have a friend there that's holding a key, a key. All right, the green dragon. <laughs> and green dragon, let's see, is that a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh dimensional dragon? The green dragon is not green gold. I just need plain green. <laughs> green dragon, 64. He is a fifth dimensional dragon. All right. And it says, all answers lie within nature and every single thing we need while on earth is provided for us in the natural world. Fifth dimensional green dragons touch our psychic centers and help us to tune in to the sacred geometry in the trunks of the trees, the petals of flowers, the shells of snails and everywhere in Master Pan's kingdom. These are the keys and codes that bring us into tune with our divine essence. When we are fully aligned with our fifth dimensional blueprint, we are automatically whole and healed. Here's our guidance for the dragon. The nature kingdom is a magical place in which all our answers are held for us. Luminous green dragons help us to read these answers. So if you can sit quietly in nature, call a green dragon and ask for guidance. The response may come to you consciously or unconsciously, so accept that something important has been activated within you, whether you are aware of it or not. You may feel the need to walk somewhere particular. If so, follow the impulse, for your green dragon will be guiding you. Keep your eyes and ears open, for the answer may come through a tree, a bird, insect, animal, or something else entirely. Your green dragon will glide with you, directing you to the answers you need. This calls for deep trust and an understanding that the divine plan is perfect. 
drawing this card also suggests that you would benefit by spending more time in the green world. Your green dragon will be with you, so acknowledge it and let it go, or no, and let it touch you, I'm sorry, with its wisdom and great knowledge. Expect revelations or healing. Oof, gotta love that. Green dragon. All right. So now we have this wonderful ending to our uh, broadcast today. Thank you all for being with me. I will not be here on Monday as it's a holiday. I'll be off camping or playing somewhere that day. And I will see you next Friday, but I will also see you next Wednesday, right? The 31st is the last day of the month. And that will be when Tam joins me to take a look ahead at the month of June. All right. I look forward to seeing you all then. Take care. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.